Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, back at it again, baby. Uh, I mean, this is this is legit summer. It's July first as I'm recording this. July Fourth weekend. Happy Fourth of July. Gotta love America. Got to love America. This is a great week. You could argue, like I love Thanksgiving because I like to eat. Christmas used to be cool because you get presents. But you get older, like I just like holidays that revolve around alcohol, so and just sun. Fourth of July would probably be number one for me. I, I absolutely love Fourth of July, so happy Fourth of July to everyone. Uh, everyone listening, thanks. You know, this is we've been doing this podcast about a year and a half and having a good time doing it. We've been two years. I don't even know. It's been it's been a minute. Maybe it's a year and a half. We'll keep it going. Uh, we're we're in the summer now. <laughs> you know, we are in the summer. So today we have, I, I kind of dove in the NBA free agency, which was just nuts. I mean, absolutely nuts. It's kind of all determined by the 2011 draft. Well, I just happened in 2011, working for the Eagles, to be at the NFL draft. And then I brought them both up this morning, kind of looking through it, and like said, Wow! There are a lot of similarities between the two drafts. In the first round, both drafts were just littered, and I repeat littered, with elite Hall of Fame level players. But the major difference when I looked at the two drafts is the NBA, the majority of the players in that draft have been on several teams, while the majority of the players 
in the first round in the 2011 draft, who were really good, had been on one. And it got me thinking yesterday, because there's so many talks about free agency and NFL free agency, and I've said over and over, I actually think NFL free agency has gotten a lot more interesting because of trades. We saw, think how many trades we saw last year with Pro Bowl level players. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Frank Clark, D. Ford. I mean, we saw some pretty big name players get traded. Just think in the last couple years. Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry. Like, we've seen some really good players get traded the last several years. Because for the most part, if you if you draft, and we'll go through the 2011, some first rounders here in a minute, you're not letting that guy go. And even after eight years, if they're still an elite player, like many guys in the NBA draft, they're not hitting free agency. And I, I say it all the time, the NFL is much more fan-friendly that way for the season because you get to keep your players. Now, the NBA is much more fan-friendly for the offseason because it's just mayhem. I saw a tweet today, over $3 billion were given out. Don't ever get it twisted. The NBA is the greatest financial partnership in the history of America. It has made more people CEO-level money than any business. Now, the NFL, because of the depth and the number of people working in the business, coaches and players, have made more millionaires probably than any, I don't know this factually, but I would put up the NFL against any other industry has created more millionaires. Maybe maybe some have stock-wise, you know, if you like factor in, you know, like, uh, you know, 401ks and stuff like Amazon. I- I'm just talking about actual employees that are working for the company. And when you factor in the players and when you factor in the coaches, the NFL has made more millionaires. So there's... There's different ways to skin a cat. Now, if yesterday you get all the people that were tweeting and retweeting Woj, and we all, probably most people listening were interacting some way, if you get those people to actually watch the game, like that's the one thing the NFL has over the NBA, is when the games start, that's where the NBA matters, or the NFL matters. When the NBA, when the games start, it's not till the playoffs where you really care. Now, I do think the NBA really values the offseason, but so does the NFL. Because the NFL's draft is always better than the NBA's draft. Free agency, definitely the last 10 years have historically been pretty shitty just because top players do not hit the market because why would you let a top player hit the market? You just resign them. Worst case scenario, you franchise them. But I do think the the addition, like I said, of these younger general managers, the trades have really helped. But let's look at the 2011 draft. Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and then just two other guys that got a combined $180 million. Nikola Vucevic and Bogdana Bojanovic. That's the guy that signed with Utah. Pretty good player from the Pacers. Like, that's just Kyrie, Kemba. Kemba's going to be a stud for the Celtics. Clay, Hall of Famer. Kawhi, Hall of Famer. Tobias, a little overpaid, but he's a good player. And Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's a pretty good group. I mean, you got Kyrie's got a championship. Clay's got three. Kawhi's got two. It's a lot of juice there in that little group. Like, that is an insane draft. So, a big reason why this. NBA free agency was so big is because that draft, You, I mean, how many guys, I mean, you got 10 guys right there that are legit players, and five or six of them are elite players. Well, that same year in the NFL, think about this, it had a historic draft. Cam Newton went one. He's won an MVP, took the team to Super Bowl. Second player picked. I don't know, his name's Vaughn Miller, first ballot Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP. Couple picks later, AJ Green, one of the better receivers of his generation. Pick later, Patrick Peterson, PP21. 
I don't know if he's, he's probably not a Hall of Famer, but he's been an elite corner for a long period of time. Now he just got suspended. Next pick, Julio Jones, Hall of Famer. Probably the best player in the history of the Atlanta Falcons. J.J. Watt, Hall of Famer. Tyron Smith, Hall of Famer. Cam Jordan, Hall of really damn, I don't, he's damn good. He's not a Hall of Famer. That's a pretty good draft. Think about this. Cam, same team. Vaughn, same team. A.J. Green, same team. Patrick Peterson, same team. Julio, same team. J.J. Watt, same team. Tyron Smith, same team. Cam Jordan, same team. Kyle Rudolph, also drafted in the first round. Same team. Think about that. Let's go through the NBA guys. Kyrie on his third different team. Kemba, second. Clay, the outlier of this group, one team. And he's really wired a little more like an NFL guy. The, the Warriors were never going to let him go. Kawhi Leonard, if he joins the Lakers, will be on his third team. Tobias Harris on his fifth. Jimmy Butler, fourth. Bogdan Bogdanovich, like fourth or fifth. Nikola Vucevic, been on a bunch. So just think about the two sports, the difference in which they run. And listen, I'm entertained by both. I think the NFL has a better business model. I think some sort of, I don't know if franchise tag is the right word, but some sort of incentive. Not like the financial incentive. If you did the same thing where you can give the guy an extra year and more guaranteed cash, in the NFL, they would always resign. Because the money is so powerful to NFL players. Like an extra $20 million guaranteed is a lot. We just saw Kevin Durant yesterday has a torn Achilles. Turned down $60 million extra from the Warriors. Didn't even hesitate. Didn't even flinch. Was never coming back to the Warriors. Because these guys make Kyrie. These guys make so much money in shoe deals. It doesn't even matter. The, 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 the income on the court for some of these guys is like their side job. It's kind of crazy to think about because like Dame Lillard, I Googled yesterday. I'm always fascinated by total earnings of contracts. He just got that super max extension. And he's he's kind of a little more like an NFL guy, right? You never let him leave the organization. Now, granted, in the NBA, you can never want him to leave, but he might want to leave. So you have to do a good job. We're in the NFL, as long as you keep paying him and giving him good contracts, you're, he's going to stay win, lose, or draw. Dame Lillard, when this contract comes to an end, will have made $318 million in the NBA. $318 million in the NBA. I would imagine no NBA, no NFL player, I think I've looked this up before, like Peyton Manning's career earnings, they have never got that high. So the, the money is way different, and there's a big supply and demand. There's less top players. Now, a little like uh, quarterbacks, you know, supply and demand is why quarterbacks get so much money. But I really think when you look at these two drafts, very similar elite Hall of Fame level players, that the NFL, all these guys stayed on the same team. Like that's ultimately how you want your league. You want to be able to build teams, build players, uh, the, the fans are going to love. Like that shit matters. It really does. And the NFL, like I'm looking at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has made $250 million in his career. $250 million. Dame Lillard's going to make $65 million more. That's pretty nuts. And I'm glad that the NFL does not have all these players jumping all over the place. That that wouldn't be enjoyable. Like, to me, J.J. Watt just resonates a little more that he's a Texan. Julio Jones, a Falcon. Vaughn Miller's uh, a, a Denver Bronco. Now, these guys, like, is Vaughn Miller going to end his career on the Broncos? Maybe not. J.J. Watt, could he play somewhere else? For sure. Julio Jones? Yeah. But the 10 years of their peak Hall of Fame career is going to be with the same team. And I think at the end of the day, and again, I'm not trying to get sappy or anything, that's still pretty cool. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, I actually started watching this. I, I forget the name of it. But Showtime has this new show. It's all about Fox News and how it was created. But it's like a television show. Russell Crowe is the lead actor. And you can't even recognize Russell Crowe. He got really fat. He puts on like a fat suit to be Roger Ailes, the guy that like left CNBC and MSNBC, who at the time, I mean, it might still be, but it was owned by GE. Jack Welsh, you know, like one of the greatest CEOs. Kind of screwed him. It's just a, it's a good it's a good watch. It's well acted, and part of it's only been one through once one episode. It's probably like ten episode season. It's basically talking about how, and I think it's going to develop this way. One, it just Roger Ailes was you know had some issues, but also like his business plan was to be like a PR campaign. And I say it all the time now about news networks in general, 
MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. When people get so worked up on Twitter, first and foremost, the number one role and the job of these networks, especially nowadays, is to make money. Get ratings to sell advertising and make cash. But the one thing Fox News did, and it was because led by him, was to become like a PR vehicle for the Republican Party. And he, his idea was instead of going after every, everyone in the news media, just segment it and just go after conservatives. And basically they became the PR party. Now you could say CNN and MSNBC are basically the PR party for the liberals. I mean it's the same thing. But the one thing I've always thought about the NFL media, and again I was kind of thrown into the legit the fire in Philadelphia. It's crazy. It's a war zone. The NFL is covered like politics. It's no holds bar. It's just, it's just a, a war zone every day in a press conference. And no matter who you are, at any moment, an article could be written about the dynamics internally. I think we saw a good example. You know, one of the biggest, you know, arguably probably the second biggest star in the league, Aaron Rodgers, behind Tom Brady. A scathing article came out about Rodgers, his coach, the organization, the entire thing. No one was off limits. Where in the NBA, it actually operates a lot like Fox News. If you notice any reporter you read on a, on, a, on a player, it's always pro the player. Because in the NFL, or excuse me, the NBA, the NBA player has all the juice. So if you screw them over or screw their agent over, they will cut you out. And in the NFL, I can get another player. I can get talk to a coach. Like In the NBA, you kind of need the star player. Like you need Steph Curry or Kevin Durant more than they need you. So you kind of have to be kind to them. And for the most part, it's a pro-empowerment player league. So everything you see is so pro-player. Well, in the NFL, during free agency, and as we talked about kind of on the last segment, like the reality is in the NFL, like elite players in their prime, in the NFL, unlike the NBA too, your prime is in your mid-20s, where in the NBA you can play well in your 30s and you last a lot longer. Those guys don't become free agents. That's why it was so nuts that Odell Beckham changed teams. Now, he didn't change as a free agent. But he, he was traded as 25 years old, 26 years old. That's like unheard of. That's not normal. That's why it was a big deal when the 49ers acquired Jimmy Garoppolo. He was like 25 years old. Like it's just, you just can't acquire those type players kind of in their youth, in their physical prime in the NFL. Because most times, the team just keeps them. And the difference also is when a transaction happens in the NFL, and I, I think I always say this, the healthiest thing the NFL has going for them, like there aren't really agendas. It's just, you just kind of get it like it's actually happening. Like the reality is in the NFL, we got a pretty good idea and a pretty good feel how every team kind of views their coach, views their players, uh, just the, uh, a decent overview, a cliff note version of each team. Because every year, like all these reporters are writing just, are just letting it loose. You have to be competitive in the NFL that way. We're in the NBA, you got no real clue. Because everything's, oh, they love this guy, they love this guy. Actually, they hate him, you know? And the biggest free agent to move, the best player in this class, I guess, beside Kawhi Leonard, was Kevin Durant. And listen, I, I've lived in the Bay Area, Kevin Durant's entire time here. He is a remarkable player. An all-time, I mean, I'd argue he's probably, if he would have stayed healthy, become a top 10 player of all time. But like a lot of NFL players, and the reason they end up hitting free agency eventually, a team doesn't want because they get hurt. Well, Kevin Durant, unlike... In NFL, like, if you had a torn Achilles in the NFL, people are not offering you a huge contract. I didn't read one person yesterday. I was, I feel like I was the only person even thinking this, that 
Every article I read was like, oh, this is a no-brainer, a no-brainer, a no-brainer to give Kevin Durant an astronomical amount of money. And I was thinking the same thing here with the Warriors. You're going to offer him $230 million. He has a torn Achilles. He's going to miss next season, and when he comes back, he's going to be 32 years old. And is this the NFL in me? Because if that was an NFL player, even if it was Vaughn Miller in his prime or Julio Jones in his prime, if he tore his Achilles, all of us, reporters, media people, fans, we'd all kind of red flag him. Now, I'm not trying to uh, discredit Kevin Durant's career. It's remarkable. But the day and age, or, or just the time of him being a top 10 player, or I mean, hell, he was considered the best player in the league, are over. Like in the NBA, that's the worst injury you can have. A torn Achilles. It's a game changer. Worst injury you can have. The chances he's ever the same are slim to none. And if, if he would have been the equivalent of an NFL player, I feel like so many people would have asked, like, are we sure he's ever going to be okay? Because I'm not. I'm just not. You know, it's, it's not like he's 26 years old. He's going to be 32 when he comes back. And he has a lot of miles. It's not like he's a four-year college player. He came to the NBA after one year in college. So he's been in the league since he was 19 years old. And I just think it's insane. And I saw it with Kobe Bryant a couple years ago. You see it all the time in the NFL. A dude has one major injury and he's a shell of himself. Again, we're talking about human beings. And I keep going back to this. And I say it all the time to people around the Bay Area about Klay Thompson. Ever since Adrian Peterson returned from that ACL at like alien speed. Like he he was running like three months in. Came back the next year, won the NFL MVP. He literally was an alien. I do not think he was human. And I've stood by Adrian a couple times, like on game day in his pads. He does not look like any running back I've ever seen in my life. And I still feel like that's the barometer to every player that tears an ACL. Oh, he'll be good in a year. Can can we just pump the brakes? I remember back in the day where we just took our time. And I'll give the 49ers some credit. They're like easing Jimmy Garoppolo back in. You can't rush these guys back from injury. And I think the NFL, at least their front offices, because they're not as desperate and I understand, I mean, Kevin Durant is remarkable. And if he does bounce back to be the player that he was, he's worth every penny. But if he's if he's a shell of himself, which we have seen historically time in and time again with players that tear their Achilles, we see it in the NFL all the time, it's a terrible investment. And I, I feel like I was the only person on the internet that even raised that question. Everyone's like, oh, no-brainer, you got to give him the money. No-brainer, you got to give him the money. I get it for the Nets and the Knicks, you got to give him the money. But most times when you do that, it's never the same. And you wish three years later you did not give him the money. And the hard part with Kevin is you won't know right away. I remember in Philly, we signed Ronnie Brown and one practice in. I was like, why does this guy look slower than me? Now, again, he was just older. You see it in the NFL all the time with older players. And when I say older, I'm talking like 30, 31 years old. You can just tell in practice. But when a guy comes back from an injury, especially a great player, you kind of give them some time. I remember Navarro Bowman coming back off the terrible injury. He'd have to rehab. He was like, oh, just give him some time. Give him a year. And then the second year, he looked better. And then he got injured again. And then it was over. It was a wrap. So I I just, I I think the PR campaign of the NBA does this entire process somewhat of a disservice because every move is just great. Every move is a can't miss. Well, yeah, because you're in bed with the agent. And that's the one thing I I think when you read NFL stuff, now occasionally people have agenda. uh, But for the most part, good, good reporters in the NFL like, you usually side sometimes more with the team than you do the player because you know the team's going to be there longer. But you also take the player and the agent pretty seriously, too. It feels a little more fair and balanced, as they, I guess they would say on Fox News. 
Uh, that's That was a big part of the show. <laughs> He's being unfair and balanced, even though he wasn't. Where in the NBA, they, they love acting like you're just getting the whole story. No, I'm not. I'm only getting the player side, where everything is pro player. And that's the great part about the NFL and someone that loves, you know, explosive stories. Like, I, I just don't think you're getting that Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy story in the NBA. It's just not happening. Because it made Aaron Rodgers look really bad. And a, usually a made man in an organization. Like, no one's writing that article about, you know, James Harden or Steph Curry or, hell, LeBron James. They're, they're just not. So, for as much crap as the NFL takes, and they take a lot, just be glad that, you know, the, the NFL news cycle, you, you get both sides of the equation. Okay, before uh, before we get to the middle cop mailbag, it's where you guys slide up in my DMs and I answer you guys' questions on the podcast. I'm doing uh, the entire league. We did the AFC East, we did the NFC East, we did the AFC South, then we're going to do the NFC South today. Next podcast, we'll probably do the AFC or NFC North. Flip a coin and decide. But the NFC South, which, you know, probably I think most of us would agree has one of the better teams in the league in the New Orleans Saints. And then I think for second place, kind of up for grabs. But let's dive into the over-unders and just kind of who I like to win the division. We'll dive into each team. Let's start with the Saints. Clearly, top to bottom, their roster is really damn good. I mean, they have one of the best coaches in the league. They have an all-time quarterback. They have many blue-chip players. Got a blue-chip corner. They got a blue-chip wide receiver. They got a blue-chip running back. They added Jared Cook, who's a really good pass-catching tight end. And when you look at their roster last year, they really only had Michael Thomas. Uh, Alvin Kamara caught the ball a lot, too. Now you got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Jared Cook. It gives them a little more balance. Uh, they added Latavius Murray because they lost Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's a really good player. But the problem for them is you can't really pay everyone, so you got to let Mark Ingram walk. You weren't going to pay him. Latavius is a really good backup. Like, obviously, Mark Ingram is a better backup, but... Latavius is a true backup. To me, Ingram is more probably of a fringe starter, where if Latavius is your backup running back, you're in good shape. To me, the one thing for the Saints to take a big step, they need a huge year out of Davenport. They drafted the kid, where was he from? University of Texas, El Paso, or San Antonio, really small, UTSA, really small school. They traded up into the first round. They gave up a first-round pick for him. When you do that, you got to become... I mean, he's not going to become Khalil Mack or Von Miller, but he's got to become a French Pro Bowl guy. So if he can take a big step, I think this roster is excellent. Their over-under is 10.5. That's a pretty high number. Like, you can be a really good team and win 10 games. I would take the over reluctantly. You know, I, I see they win 11, 12 maybe. I mean, they're obviously really good at home. They're the heavy favorites to win the division at minus 180. I think we all feel pretty good. I mean, they the one. I mean, there's one player they can't afford to lose. That'd be Drew Brees. They'd be in major trouble. Actually, they got Teddy Bridgewater. You you could argue they they're in pretty good shape to be pretty deep. I mean, they got a good backup quarterback. So I I like the Saints to win 11 games. I take the over, and you know minus 180. I wouldn't even bet that. Let's go the Panthers. They're over under seven and a half. Uh, I'm on the fringe. I, I think that seven eight range right there. You know, maybe they get eight and eight. I think the big question is Cam's health. He had surgery. He was not the same guy last year. The big talking point in Carolina has been like people, reporters during OTAs getting video of Cam throwing. Then the team kind of freaked out. So they just put a camera on the team's website on Cam. Like it's not that big a deal. Looks good throwing the ball on OTAs for whatever that's worth. But the thing with Cam is part of his game 
is, and rightfully so, he's one of the greatest. He's definitely the most physical running quarterback we've ever had. He's probably not the most graceful, like a Vic or a Randall Cunningham. He's the most unique running quarterback we've ever had because he's six foot six. He can fly. He can break tackles. He also has a cannon for an arm. The problem is he's a little inaccurate. DJ Moore's a good player. I mean, they, they got a pretty good roster. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is an elite player. <laughs> like he's, I missed on him. I, I, if you were listening last year when he was coming out, I, I or I guess two years ago, I thought Christian McCaffrey was like a fringe first rounder. I thought what he'd become is like a better Julian Edelman. But the way the league changed so fast, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, he's basically like Alvin Kamara. He's an elite player. I, I was I was too low on him. I didn't think he was going to be that good. You know, was I racial profiling a white running back? Maybe. I, I don't know. And I listen, I live in the Bay Area. I root for Stanford guys. He's even, like last year was incredible. He, he's a stud. He's a star. And he's a, he's a big help for Cam because Cam can dump it off, not always having to push the ball down the field. You know, kind of their stalwart of their franchise. Thomas Davis is no longer there. He's with the Chargers. You know, can Luke Keekley stay healthy? They drafted the kid Brian Burns from Florida State in the first round. They added Bruce Irvin, who's an average player. Talking myself into maybe I'd go with the over, but I, I don't like him much at eight. I, I probably just wouldn't bet it. Uh, I, I don't like the Panthers that much. The team I like in this division, which I think is one of the sleepers in the NFL, and they're over-under, and even Vegas is telling you, like, they don't have a 7.5 over-under, it's 9, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're plus 375 to win the division, so almost 4-1. to one. I, I like that. I actually think the Falcons are a sleeper team to win this division. They got rid of Steve Sarkeesian. They brought back Dirk Cutter. Obviously, they kept Julio Jones. They need to keep Devontae Freeman healthy. They got all those guys on defense coming back off injury. I don't ever remember a team, like through September, that was inflicted with more injuries. I think Dan Quinn's a really good coach. Matt Ryan's a really solid quarterback. There's a well-run organization. I think they're going to be good. Uh, I, I really do. I think just based on roster-wise, they're a 10-11 win team. And if things go right, them and the Saints obviously have a big rivalry. I, I think they could win this division. They're one of the sleeper teams that if you tell me like the Falcons are in the NFC Championship game, I, I, I won't be shocked. Uh, I really won't. Getting rid of Sark was big. Getting Dirk Cutter back. Him and Matt Ryan have worked together before. You know, it's probably the next best thing you can do if you're going to – obviously you can't have Kyle Shanahan. So I I like the Falcons a lot. I I think they're going to be really good. Uh, And when I say really good, they were really good on offense last year. I mean, Calvin Ridley was a star. Obviously Julio dominated. They need a little bit more out of their running game. And then, again, their defense just lost so many players. They they are not going to be that bad on defense again. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's six and a half. I think there's two ways to look at it. One, they do have a lot of young talent. Uh, now you could argue is like Jameis Young anymore. He's going into his fifth year. Like hey, Jameis, are you going to make some plays? Or I guess he's going into his fourth year. Like Jameis, are you going to figure it out? Or are you not going to figure it out? I mean, last year you couldn't keep your hands to yourself in an Uber. Like, come on, bro. It's I, 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 come on, man. That's just that's embarrassing. I, it really is. Can't keep your hands to yourself in an Uber. Like you, you got some issues. Now, if there's anyone on this planet that can kind of get him going in the right direction. Probably any coach, when I when you bring up Jameis Winston, you could have one coach with Jameis Winston, it'd probably be Bruce Arians. Because he's crazy enough. They're all they're just a good fit. And also what Jameis wants to do, push the ball down the field. You got Mike Evans. You, uh, you drafted O.J. Howard last year. They got rid of Deshaun Jackson. They need to get something out of Ronald Jones, a kid they drafted from, uh, from USC, who was just didn't do anything last year. And I loved him. I thought he was like a Jamal Charles light coming out of SC. They need to get him going. They drafted Devin White, five, fifth overall. Like 
You draft a guy five overall at middle linebacker, he better become a star. Their defensive coaching staff's really good. Say what you want about Todd Bowles. He's a good defensive coordinator. They kind of have a mindset and a way they do things there. They, they kicked ass in Arizona. They use speed to their advantage. They have a lot of. They've always used a lot of defensive backs. They like a. They like a fast team. I think they're going to be pretty, uh, pretty good on defense, or at least much improved on defense. Now, granted, their DBs suck, but that six and a half number. I, I just want to give Arians the benefit of the doubt, but I don't trust. I don't trust Jameis. I just their culture. I don't know. But I thought the same thing about the Cardinals. And Arians showed up, and they won ten games his first year when he had to play San Francisco and Seattle. So. You know, at the end of the day, I'll probably take the over. I, seven and nine. I think seven and nine would be a pretty impressive year, first year for for Bruce Arians. Now, what you do with Jameis from there, I guess it depends on on how it looks. But they're going to have to figure something out because they did draft him first overall. This is fourth year. They've already picked up his fifth year option. Uh, if, if Arians doesn't like him, he'll be gone. It's really that simple. If Arians likes him, he'll keep him. Uh, so I got. I feel most confident. Saints over ten and a half. Panthers. Under seven and a half, but I don't like them. They're seven and nine. Falcons over nine. Bucks over seven. God, it feels like I'll go under. I'll go under seven. Uh, obviously, the Saints are the heavy favorite. I like the Falcons as a sleeper to win this division. I think overall, when you factor in Arians is there now, the Falcons are going to bounce back. The Panthers still have a lot of solid players, and the Saints are excellent. This is a pretty good division. This is a, this is a pretty deep division for sure. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story 
in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's dive into my uh, Instagram, at John Middlecoff is the handle. Middlecoff Mailbag, my Instagram DMs. DMs always wide open. It's basically just full of dudes. Full of dudes asking me questions about football, about life, about anything. But mainly football questions. And I answer them right here. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, Instagram handle. Follow away. Slide up in those messages are wide open. If you had to create an all-time coaching staff of a head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and an assistant coach on both sides of the ball, who would you pick? Wow, that's a pretty good one. You could also throw in special teams coordinator if you'd like. Another question would be where the best place in North America to put a new NFL franchise is and why. Any good books to read? I would, the Belichick book's really good. This guy asks a lot of questions, Max. Okay, let's do the all-time coach. I think the best coach in NFL history is pretty well established at this point. Bill Belichick. The thing is, like Parcells, who's a top four or five coach, the problem is his best defenses were run by Belichick. So what I think I would do is I would go Belichick, head coach, and my defensive coordinator with Bill Walsh as my offensive coordinator. And my special teams coach is a great question. I'd probably let Belichick do that too. So it'd just be Walsh and Belichick. You bring Dante Skarnakia. I mean, I could bring a bunch of people. You know, Monty Kiffin to coach the DBs. But Belichick and Walsh would be the two guys I want. Best place in North America that doesn't have an NFL franchise? It's a good question. I, I'd I'd say Portland, but see, I mean Seattle's pretty big right there, and they have an NFL franchise. Uh, I'd have to think about that for a while. Vegas has one now. I think we're pretty well represented in the cities that we need to be in. I, I'd have to really think about that. I don't think the NFL is expanding anymore. I, I think they're kind of set. Who looks like the favorite to take the NFC East going into training camp? I think I I picked Dallas when I first did it. Dallas and Philly, to me, it's a, it's a two-horse race. Also, will Lamar Jackson be good? No. And I think he'll be okay. Uh, what I'm nervous about Lamar Jackson is them basically at, at Davis Senior High School, where I attended, pulling right guard. We ran this thing, many of you know, called the wing tee. <laughs> I feel like that is what the the Ravens offense is going to look like, the wing tee, with just Marquise Brown beelining down the sideline, occasionally getting some deep bombs. But it's basically just going to be the wing tee. And in the wing tee, I mean, obviously the NFL version, your quarterback is open to a lot of hits. 
So how can Lamar Jackson avoid not getting crunched? I, I don't know. I, I think it's – I don't know if he makes it through the season healthy, to be honest with you. Okay, question for you. In your opinion, who are the most underrated players on both sides of the ball? Uh, most underrated quarterback or offensive player? I'd have to think about that. Let's do your sub question. What do you think – trying to think of a defensive player – I think most players in the NFL, you just get a lot of pub when you're good. Like, once you're good, we know about you. I would say an underrated player. Again, I'm kind of biased because he's in my backyard, but DeForest Buckner, who's really, really good. I don't know if this guy's really under the radar anymore, but Akeem Hicks of the Bears. I think sometimes, like, a defensive tackle can be a little under the radar. I think it's hard to be under the radar as, like, a linebacker or a DB. You just get a lot of pub. Aren't many, like, under the radar wide receivers. Like, is Adam Thielen under the radar? I would say most NFL fans would be like, no, hell no, he's on my fantasy team. What do you think Derek Carr will be like this year? And do you think he has a chance to be like 2016 Carr? Well, the offensive line's better. Uh, now they bring Trent Brown. They're going to have to coach up Colton Miller. But you add Antonio Brown. You add Tyrell Williams. You add a running back. Uh, you lose Jared Cook, who was pretty important. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he could be, uh, you know, if they go 7-8 wins and he throws 35 touchdowns, he, he could be, he's a very talented player. To me, the only question I have with Derek is sometimes he gets skittish in the pocket. His MVP season, his MVP level season before he broke his ankle, he was so confident in the pocket, pushing the ball at every level, short, intermediate, and deep. And he's he's kind of got away from that the last couple of years. If he can get that going again, he's got Antonio, who's the best receiver in the game. Tyrell Williams, a great deep threat. They got, you know, a first-round running back. Uh, a lot of pressure on Derek, kind of, honestly, because next year they can get rid of him for like $3.5 million. So if he does not play well this season, they will cut him. You know, I know he loves to act like he's super loyal to the Raiders. He's not even acting. He is. He loves the Raiders. But he has to realize they will get rid of him if he does not play well. And if he plays well, they'll win games. So if they're going to be good this year, it's going to come down to him. Why Why don't can't NFL owners find other ways to compensate their players similar to the way the Patriots buy Tom Brady supplements for the team? I often think about Arthur Blank agreeing to stock tools in Home Depot for a company partially owned by Matt Ryan. In theory, Ryan would be willing to sign for less the free cap space. Even though he did not, he took every stinking penny. I don't know. I mean, I I think the rules are pretty strict. If you get caught, you know, Eddie D got nailed back in the day, and that was when the cap first started. I I think if stuff was so egregious, they would take around first-round draft picks. They, They just can't. The, the one thing the NFL hangs his hat on right now, I don't think the NBA cares because there's not competitive balance in the NBA. In the NFL, a big part of their business plan, the reason they make the most money of all the leagues, is parity is a big thing. And when I say parity, obviously there are many organizations like the Patriots, the Steelers, now the Chiefs, Seattle. Like There are teams that just kind of win every year. And the Browns, the Niners, there's a lot of teams that lose a lot, right? But there's hope. Every season for like 90% of the league. Think about this right now. Name me a team right now that does not have hope going into the season. The Giants. Redskins, but you you know, Haskins. I'd say the Redskins. The Bengals. I mean, it's a short list. So the parody and the hope is a big reason people love the NFL so much. Because their teams, at least as we sit here on July 1st and then August 1st and hell, even September 1st, you think he got a chance, not to win the Super Bowl, but to like, hey, we could win eight, nine games, maybe make the playoffs. 
That's fun. Like in the NBA, if you're sitting here right now and you're a Suns fan, or you're a Bulls fan, or you're a Knicks fan, or you're a Magic fan, or you're, you know, you can just count the teams. You're just like, yeah, we're not winning the championship. We're not even going to make the playoffs. I heard you mention last year's draft board was Ziggy Ansah and Deion Jordan at the top. Would you ever go over the draft boards you put together when you were in the NFL? I'd love to hear the actual scouting reports. Actually, I was looking in my garage the other day. Maybe we could do that. Kind of bored. Uh, I and I had these two boxes. Do I have one? I think I have some here too. Yeah, we could we could do that. That's not a terrible idea. Let me write that down. That'll probably help pass the time. Uh, read scouting reports. I'm writing this down on my little to do list. I know DJ's done some of this. Yeah, we can do that for sure. That's a good. That's a good question. Not a bad idea at all. See how nails I was on some of them. Uh, do you think Frank Reich will ever have the ability to beat Belichick in a chess match in a playoff game? That's what it takes to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's going to come down to two things. One, they're gonna they're not going to go to New England and beat Tom Brady. So if the Colts are going to beat the Patriots, which off the top of my head it feels like they've done once when Peyton Manning overcame that big you know second half comeback, it was at home. So they have to find a way. One thing we know about New England, they've been a one or two seed every year for eight straight seasons. So if you're going to beat New England, you, the only chance you have a chance is to get a better seed than them, i.e. Kansas City. I mean, think about Kansas City last year. The reason that that game was so tight is because it was at home. Because they started like crap. They were terrible in the first half. If they had played like that in New England, they would have been down 28 nothing. Instead, I, off the top of my head, I think it was only 14 nothing. Then they came back and made it a game. But they a big reason they were able to do that is it's just easier to play at home and get your momentum back. It's much harder to do that on the road. So, it, I, yeah, I mean, it, he's a good coach. Any coach that's a good coach can get in a rhythm and beat any coach, even Belichick. But to beat Belichick, you probably got to beat him at home. Think about the last couple times the Patriots have not made the Super Bowl. I mean, the last time they haven't, right, was against Denver and the, the game that they couldn't protect Tom Brady. Well, who think about where that game was. It was at mile high. So I, I, I think actually the number one thing to give yourself a chance, beside the little details of not doing dumb stuff, not committing penalties, you know, luck having a good game, all that BS, you got to be at home. You're just, when's the last time someone went on the road and beat the Patriots? The Jets in 09? Just thinking off the top of my head. It, I mean, was it the Ravens? I mean, it, it doesn't happen very often, man. So... Yeah. Was wondering what the expectations should be this year for the Cowboys. Win the division. I mean, if you win the division in the NFL, you're a Super Bowl contender. So, but that to me, when it comes to the Cowboys, their division is pretty simple. Or, I mean, their goal is pretty simple. Win the NFC East. You win the NFC East, you're a legit chance to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, if you win the NFC East, unlike last year, you'd like to get a one or two seat. To me, that was a big difference. Two years ago when the Eagles... Even though when Wentz went out, they were the one seed. So they only had to win two games. They got Atlanta at home, and then obviously they kicked the crap out of Minnesota. Well, last year, the Cowboys, 10-6, and six, they didn't get a bye. So you play the Seattle, which Seattle wasn't great, but it's still a tough game. And then you got to go on the road to the Rams. And Dak was terrible in that game. But when you get home playoff games and you get a bye, you're at a huge advantage. Obviously, they had that a couple years ago when Aaron Rodgers beat them, but... I'd rather take my chances at home than on the road. Tua Tagovailoa is the best left-handed quarterback prospect since Michael Vick. 
I'd have to think about that. Michael Vick came out in 2001, so that's a long time. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. What about uh, Flacco from, uh, not Joe Flacco, but Flacco from The Replacements? Keanu Reeves. He's been a left-handed quarterback in a couple movies. John Wick. From a scouting point, do you look at left-handed quarterbacks different? Do you feel left-handed quarterbacks are rare because they gravitate toward baseball instead of football? That's a good question. I mean, I, I haven't I hadn't scouted that many in my life. I mean, he grew up, I love Steve Young. I don't think you necessarily scout them any different because I think a lot of teams now look at left and right tackle as kind of the same thing. They put just as much value in the right tackle as they do the left tackle. Uh, I mean, maybe receivers would tell you the ball comes out of their hand a little bit. You know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think with both Tua and Michael Vick, they're just unique prospects. I mean, Michael Vick was six feet tall, max. Uh, but he had a hose, wasn't that accurate, but he was an elite athlete. Tua, also a little undersized. Doesn't have a great arm, but he kind of he hangs his hat on being super accurate. He's kind of like a left-handed Baker Mayfield. You know, that there's, there's some of that, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily, I guess, look like when I'm watching them. Like, when I watch Tua, I just watch a good player. You know, I don't think, like, oh, left, right-handed. Like, in baseball, it matters. Because if I'm a left-handed pitcher in certain divisions, well, if my division is right-hand hitting dependent, you know, you'd rather have a right-handed pitcher and vice versa, right? Now, if you're Clayton Kershaw, it doesn't matter. But just for the most part, like, in football, there are no right-handed and left-handed splits for a quarterback. You know, like... uh is there even a good left-hander in the league right now? It doesn't feel like it, huh? Maybe I'm blanking, but yeah, just if you're good, you're good. Let's get a couple more questions. I'm a student studying sports management and was wondering if you had any tips on breaking into the industry. Also, what results do you need to see from from Matt Patricia this year to see a good coach or on his way to being a good coach? I would say 8-8. Eight and eight. If they went 8-8 eight and eight and had a good year, I'd say, you know, that was a good year for Patricia, uh, which I'm out on right now. So 8-8 eight and eight would be a massive win, in my opinion, for Matt Patricia. I, I just think, here's the key, I, I studied sports management too. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. And I wrote for my college paper, and then I got involved with the football program, and then it kind of led to college football, and then it led to the NFL. And now it kind of led to media. I just knew that I liked to work in sports, and I kind of found what I was good at. I had a natural, like I love football, a natural eye. I was kind of taught. I mean, you don't just you're not just born to scout. I learned in college from Pat Hill. Uh, have a good personality to sell, which helps me out in the podcast business, slinging ads, and I can just talk till the cows come home. So, you know, I've just kind of meshed what I was good at. But I, I understand when you're in college, it's hard to. I want to do this. You know, some people, I think that's a smaller percentage, know exactly what they want to do at 20, 21, 22. I think most of us, and I'll throw myself included, we have an idea. And then through our experiences, it kind of maps us to where I think we're ultimately supposed to end up. And I think at the end of the day, I was supposed to end up being a media personality. Uh, But, you know, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my football experience. So, Reach out to a lot of different elements in the business, whether you want to write, whether you want to be on camera, whether you want to scout, whether you want to be a GM in basketball, and just see what sticks. And you get an opportunity, take it, and just see where it goes. You know, I'm a big believer at Cal Poly. We hang our hat on learn by doing. You know, we're not smart enough just to study and learn. We actually have to do it. I, I actually think our that's an indictment at Cal Poly. 
we're learned by doing. Because like at Har- they would never say that at Harvard. They'd just be like, we learn when we read and we just remember it all. Like at Cal Poly, it's like, yeah, we got to actually do it. So then we remember it. You know, we're, just, we're not the sharpest tools in the shed, but we're not afraid of a little work. Uh, so th- th- that would be my, uh, my my life advice from Middlecoff. Appreciate everyone. Uh, not sure if I'm going to do another one this week. We'll see where uh, my 4th of July takes me on Thursday. But if some... If some fun stuff or some, I don't know, some stories break, maybe we will. But this might be it for this week. Uh, keep hitting me up in the Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff, my Instagram handle. I'll get you guys questions. Appreciate everyone interacting. And uh, enjoy the greatest holiday on earth. Happy 4th of July. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.